This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. I got the dogs. It's quiet here. No Captain Ron, no Robert, no uh, Otto in the uh, Christmas decoration room. Chester sound asleep on the Roger Goodell chair. Um, Fuller's back here. I'm not sure what's going on with Fuller. He's hiding back here. He, d- he doesn't want any limelight today. So everybody's chilling and grilling here in the Queen City, Wes. Getting ready to get ready to be 100 degrees today in Charlotte. One oh yeah. oh. Yeah. It is brisk. Feels like Rome, Italy here. Really does. Warm. <laughs> Uh, let's get to the high and the lows of ACC baseball and Brent Axe coming up in about 13 minutes or so we'll talk a little bit of uh, Syracuse football by the way we're talking Syracuse football coinciding with the return of the voice of victory to producing the show today coincidence how about that that alignment think not think not voice of victory right there it is the voice of victory yeah there he is so, uh, all right. So, you know, Notre Dame upset the top seed, Tennessee. Uh, and again, a tradition in college baseball continues where the nation's number one seed will not win the national championship. Again, it has not happened in this century. The only time it's happened was 1999, and the Irish yesterday knocked out maybe one of the best teams since 1999, Pack. These Tennessee Volunteers at Tony Vitello were unbelievable. Pitching, hitting, depth, the whole nine yards. And Link Jarrett's team went in there and pulled a stunner. Yeah, I'm not so sure this isn't the uh, biggest surprise uh, of a number one that didn't even get to Omaha. For I mean, forget about getting to Omaha and not winning it. How about just not even getting to right. Omaha? Uh, incredibly talented. Again, don't take our word for it. Take people that follow this sport religiously uh, I mean, Kyle Peterson's yeah. as good as it gets. Mike Rooney, as good as it gets. Danny Graves, as good as it gets. Gabby Sanchez, as good as it gets. All of them were on the show last week. All of them talked yeah. about how talented that group was in Knoxville. But, you know, Danny Graves said he was going to pick Notre Dame because they keep the ball in play. They play great defense. They've got good pitching. They've got experience. And that's the combination in a three-game series that if you're going to pull the stunner that's what you're going to need to have. And and Link Jarrett's guys did exactly mm-hmm. that. Now, granted, they got woodshedded on Saturday. Tennessee hit four home runs in one inning. They got swagger. They brag. They talk trash. Uh, they, you know, they, they coined the term classless. You know, they liked the, the bravado. I mean, that's part of what drove them all season long. But like I said earlier, mm-hmm. you know, you could push that envelope all you want, but at the end of the day, you got to win. And if you don't, you look like a clown show. You look like a clown show, right? And after all that said yep. and done, but man, Notre Dame with, as I said earlier today on the show, I, I am not so sure that this wasn't the biggest accomplishment that a Notre Dame team has made since joining the ACC. And I mean, no disrespect to any other team that won a national title or anything else, but that was how big a deal this was in terms of surprise. Uh, a Notre Dame team that's really, really good against a Tennessee team that a lot of folks thought maybe as good as we've ever seen. And how, that's how crazy the uh, purple was regarding Notre, uh, Tennessee's uh, baseball program. So Notre Dame will move on. They'll meet Texas and Omaha in the uh, in the opening round of the uh, College World Series at uh, at the ballpark downtown. It used to be TD Ameritrade. I think it's called something else now. But nonetheless, the – 
College World Series begins on uh, on Saturday. Um, all right, let's go to the lows if we can, or Friday rather, I should say. Uh, Notre Dame and Texas on Friday. Let's go to the lows. Uh, Carolina never seemed to get going offensively. Pack in the in the two ball games against Arkansas at the Bosch yesterday, a gut wrenching ninth inning loss. They take the lead in the top of the ninth. Carolina, the the road team in the in the game in, in game two, Arkansas essentially wins it in the bottom of the ninth. Brady Slavens through the right side of the infield plates. The game is tied at this point, and Slavens drives it through the infield, and Arkansas is on to the College World Series. Denied a year ago by NC State in their own ballpark, this year they pulled the trick on the Tar Heels in two games. Uh, great pitching. Like you said, North Carolina offensively never found the gear, ever. Yep. Uh, got kind of stymied in game one, only scored once, and that was late. And uh, yesterday, you're up 3-2 in the ninth. You have to win the game. You got to close. And North Carolina simply didn't get the job done but Arkansas has been playing good baseball. Listen, you don't get to this stage of this tournament in a grinding mm. season without really having talented teams. I mean, you got to have it all to get into a super regional. You just you can't backdoor your way into this tournament. That's why I love the tournament so much. Arkansas had to go out to Stillwater to survive, beat a good Oklahoma State team to do it. They did. They beat a, a red-hot yeah. North Carolina team that was 18-3. and three. And since early May, wins an ACC championship. This was a good team that's really feeling great at home. They'd won six of seven Super Regionals in which they had hosted. Uh, didn't get the job done. And uh, you just tip your hat to Arkansas and that great pitching because that was the difference in this series. Uh, Virginia Tech, also a victim to a team in their own ballpark. Oklahoma, who came in with a team ERA of 5.5, Held the Hokies to a season-low two hits yesterday. And uh, meanwhile, the Sooners were banging balls out of English field. Uh, Comfortable 11-2 win yesterday for Oklahoma, and they returned to Omaha and the College World Series. Cade Horton, by the way, went six innings, struck out eight, and uh, had a flair for the dramatic. Also, the Sooners were kings of two-out hits. Unbelievable. Two outs, Oklahoma's getting hits. And it pays off in a win that sends them back to the College World Series. You feel for John Sheff. You feel for his team. A great year. And unfortunately, it comes to a close with a, a little bit of a thud because one of the things they were known for was great hitting. And they got handcuffed yesterday by Oklahoma. They finished the uh, campaign at 45-14. and 14. Uh, I go back, though, to Friday, Wes. It was something you talked about on Friday's show, and you said, you know, you get into a Super Regional, and when you're the host, which was the case for Virginia Tech, first time ever to be a host in a Super Regional, you got to get off to a good start. You got to get the locals fired up. You got to get the momentum where you get sense, say, guess what? You're coming to my town. We own this joint. Mm -hmm. We we, Especially a team that can rake like Virginia Tech can. And that didn't happen Friday. I mean, Oklahoma really handcuffed him. Forget about yesterday, right? I mean, listen, you just got beat yesterday. But Friday is the game that I I think that it kind of goes back to what you had mentioned, that you got to get off to a good start. And they didn't. And they were down 5 nothing, and they ended up losing 5-4. But really it was a game that they were playing uphill from the get-go, almost as if they were on the road. And that's, you know, Mm -hmm. I go back to that series, and we gave you the stat last week that – Whoever wins game one 
of a Super Regional wins in an 80% clip. There's a reason for that. Uh, but that first game, the Hokies' bats were kind of silent until it was too late. And, of course, they win you know, game two. But yesterday, I mean, you, you're not going to beat anybody with two hits. That's just the way it works. But That's it. Again, yep. uh, disappointing for Louisville, disappointing <clears throat> for North Carolina, disappointing for Virginia Tech to have those opportunities, two sweeps, and Virginia Tech not getting the jo- job done at home. Uh, that was disheartening because I, I really like Virginia Tech's chances of getting Omaha. Yeah. Uh, really, the same story could be said of, for, for a road team in Louisville. A&M jumped to the lead uh, on opening night pack, and then on Saturday, Louisville jumped to the lead. They got the road team going in Bluebell Park on Saturday only to watch A&M come back and win it late. Friday night, Texas A&M took an early advantage. Uh, and then on Saturday, Louisville had the advantage. But goodness, the Aggies late win it on a home run ball, and they defeat Louisville 4-3. Louisville had the game both nights, couldn't close. Go back to the can't-close package with the cards. Well, it's a nine-inning game. You know, if it was a six-inning game, Louisville would be going to Omaha. Uh, but it's not. It's not. Yep. And, you know, you're up two runs. Not that that's, you know – Listen, two runs in this day and age in college baseball is no big deal, but you're up two on That's the right. road in both games. you got to find a way to win. And Coach Mackle, and listen, he's had a great program. They'll be back. There's no doubt about that from a Louisville perspective. But that was a little disappointing not to get at least one. And you got the lead. Mm-hmm. you got to win it. You know, you lose the, the game one in the bottom of the ninth inning, 5-4. You're up 4-2 to two in that game. Got away from you in the seventh. Lose it in the ninth. And then yesterday, you get off to a good start right out of the gate. And again, it's still nine innings. You got to close. And that was a theme in the regionals with a number of ACC teams that had big leads and let it slip away to be eliminated. It was certainly the case for Louisville. It was certainly the case yesterday for North Carolina up 3 2 in the ninth. So it's baseball, it's yep. why it's hard. Uh, and even though uh, you could be as dominant as Tennessee was in a terrific league like the Southeastern Conference. Man, we still keep score. And when you know you've got the lead and you got to go close it, that last out, that 27th out, can sometimes be elusive. And we found that out big time yesterday. Yep. Uh, the side note transaction of the weekend occurred on Friday afternoon. We've touched on this a couple times, but after just three seasons, one being the COVID year, Mike Martin Jr. was released as the head baseball coach at Florida State, 77-54 and 54 in three campaigns, one of them being a, the COVID year of 20. Went to the regionals, each of the next two. Uh, Florida State's been to 44 straight. Uh, so Michael Alford, the athletics director, making this change on Friday afternoon. Uh, there is a lot with this, pack. Um, look, we'll just read you the street cred here a little bit. Tommy White, who went in the transfer portal from NC State the, what, Friday after the ACC tournament ended, um, was expected to be a Florida State target in the portal. Uh, Now Mike Martin Jr. is gone. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of details swirling about this whole thing. Link Jarrett being rumored as one of the hot candidates for the Florida State job. Meanwhile... While this job nationally draws attention, so does another ACC vacancy at Clemson. Uh, you got Eric Backich at Michigan being rumored at Clemson because of his ties to the previous Tiger head coach, Jack Leggett, all sorts of things going on. Meanwhile, Florida State makes this move on a Friday afternoon 
And it's a jaw-dropper, Pack. It's a jaw-dropper in college baseball after three years Mike Martin Jr.'s done. Well, I, again, I, I don't hire or fire coaches. I know you don't either. Some folks like to pretend they do, right. and they don't. Uh, I would tell you that I would like to be Link Jarrett today. Number one, I got my team going to Omaha. Number two, we're playing great baseball. We got a chance to win a national title. And number three, he's going to be in huge demand, uh, even within his own league, at two high-profile baseball schools that have number one facilities. They've got money. They got prestige, uh, and you know you can build a winner. Again, I'm not telling you Link Jarrett's going anywhere because he might, maybe not. I've got no idea. Only he can make that call. The only place I know he's going is Omaha. But he is sitting in a really, right. really good spot. If he wants to stay at Notre Dame and continue to build a terrific program, he could certainly do that. If he wants to go back home, if you will, to Florida State, he could do that. And I'm sure if he had an interest in the Clemson gig, they would be interested in talking to him. So Link's in a pretty good mm. spot right now as he gets his team ready to head to Omaha. I know there may be some people going, oh, that could be a distraction. I don't think he's got he, – listen, he's got an experienced team. No. They're coming off the incredible high. Yeah. They shocked the baseball world by eliminating Tennessee. <laughs> I think they're dialed in, ready to go, and getting ready for Texas. Uh, based on his comments in the Knoxville News on Saturday after his team beat Tennessee on Friday night, I don't think it's going to be a distraction. He's having too much fun yep. coaching this particular edition of the Irish for sure, and they don't want to see the season end. And as a result, they just beat Goliath. Two out of three in uh, in Knoxville over the By the weekend. way, so, Wes, Wes, I didn't see this. Uh, I had heard about it, though. Is it true that the Tennessee grounds crew kind of ushered Notre Dame off the field? Like, you know, you, you take your celebration somewhere else. Is it, I haven't had that confirmed yet, but I heard that that was true. Do you know that to be true? I'm not sure of that. I, I don't know that. Um, I uh, <laughs> Somehow I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't know that that happened. I, I We need to find out, though, if it did. Uh, I know the grounds crew at Tennessee has a really good seat on a uh, on a portable grandstand out in left center field at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So, uh, But after the game, if it didn't go the right way, the, the grounds crew helped Notre Dame off the field. Is that what we're being told? Is that uh, what you heard? I had heard that. I, again, I, I can't confirm that. But if that's true, that's pathetic. That's pathetic. Mm. Man, you want to, again? Yeah. You want to be known as classless? Hey, knock yourself out. You're doing a good job, big time. Yeah. Interesting weekend in Knoxville, man. That was an interesting. But Friday night was a fascinating night of baseball. I mean, fascinating. That game had everything for everybody. And I'll say this too: when freaking Notre Dame started early in the game to quote old Roy. Notre Dame started hitting home runs early in that game. I think I think volunteer fans thought they were going to be in there for like a coronation, and like Jared Miller and then Ziska hits one out, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, Notre Dame's banging balls out of there and aggressive on the base pass and getting just enough pitching to make it interesting. And all of a sudden, they opened up a margin. Things got a little quiet in there, got a little tight. And Tennessee played loose on Saturday, but yesterday, late game, Lamana's home run, you could just feel the air come out of that ballpark when Lamana hit the home run. That was long before the next home run. When he hit that first home run, it was like, uh-oh, wait a second, right? You know, the pucker factor went to 10 in Big Orange Country when that ball left the yard because you could get a sense of, uh-oh, they're not going away, man. We're, 
Everybody else right. just rolls over and plays dead and kisses the ring in the SEC. These guys, they're not going anywhere. And Notre Dame came yeah. to play. Again, experience. I go back to all of the experts we had on the show last week. They were built the right way for a weekend series. Great pitching, keep the ball in play. They mm-hmm. play great defense, and they've got experience. Now, again, the best team yeah. in the country all season long was Tennessee, and they proved it. They are a tremendous, talented, cocky group. But, man, when it turned, Wes, it really turned. I mean, Ooh. again, like I said, the Tennessee's the kind of team that you either love or you hate. You either love to watch it because they're – they're so cocky and arrogant, and they're really talented. Or you love to watch them lose because it was like the old, it's like the old Steve Spurrier trick. You either loved him or hated him, right? I mean, That's he was going yep. to rub your nose in it, whether you liked it or not, and you either got into it or you didn't like it. And when Notre yep. Dame, uh, you know, kicked the king all over the yard yesterday in the seventh, eighth, ninth innings, there were a lot of people in college baseball with a smile on their face going, you know what? Karma. Deal with it. Deal yeah. with it. Yep. Great moment for Notre Dame. Good moment for the ACC. Pac told you 16 straight years and ACC teams now reached Omaha in the College World Series. And when we come back, we pivot back to football. And we go to Central New York. And one of our favorites on this program, the legendary Brent Axe, will join us. We're going to talk about Dino Baber's Orange and some new faces and a name at running back. America will soon realize next on Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. ACC Network, Packer and Durham, West Down in Cartersville, back in the basement. 844-SAY-ACCN, the number for the program. Uh, Gabby Leon is going to join us coming up uh, about 15 minutes, the national yeah. champion in pole vaulting for the outdoor deal. Uh, just took care of business in Eugene. Yeah. But we go to uh, Central New York for our next guest, Mr. Durham. Talk a little Syracuse football. Let's let's get on the block. Here we go. Brent Axe is here. ESPN Syracuse, Syracuse.com. What are you laughing about? The show's called On the Block in the Afternoons. Least we can do I love is promote it. it for you. I love it. Let's plug it, baby. Syracuse.com. Read those columns, too. Let's go. Got the plugs out of the way. <laughs> and, you know, my favorite game, <clears throat> excuse me, has been this uh, past couple of months, guys. Where in the world is Mark Packer? He's in Paris. No. He's here. He's there. He's he's in, he's in Africa. He's he, he. I mean, you're everywhere. You're everywhere, Pat. What a world traveler you are. Well, I do like to see the world. That's part of the deal. And uh, as soon as I can get out of the basement, I may go travel somewhere else for crying out loud. But no, it's only an Italian slash Switzerland road trip. But uh, you know, I don't get out of the basement often. But when I do, I happen to to stray a long, long way away. That's what I like to do. So that's the plan. That's, that's how you do it, man. That's how you do it. I, I stray as far as like Buffalo once in a while. That's about it for me. Well, that is, a, you know, that would be considered a foreign land by some, um, but that's a whole separate issue. You know, you know why, you know why it is foreign territory. They say pop out there, and here in Central New York, we say soda. Yeah, like you go out to Buffalo, like you want a pop. I'm like, what are you gonna me in the nose? No, I want a soda. Come on, yeah. let's go. I get it. I totally get it. Well, here's what I want to know. I want, I want some pop, no pun intended, with some Syracuse football. So get me excited. About 22. What what pops off the screen for you when I say Syracuse football mm. 22? All right. Well, 
How about I, I'll do this in my movie trailer voice, guy. You ready for this? Okay, here we go. In a world where Sean Tucker will run for 2,000 yards, will Syracuse mm. football be able to overcome the toughest schedule they've ever had? Mm. Stay tuned. September 3rd, the Orange, the Cardinals kick off the season. One more win is what Dino Babers needs. Just one more win. That's really a pack. Sean Tucker's the show, but what can this team do to overcome what's our this is one of the toughest schedules I've seen on paper at the very least for Syracuse, maybe ever. It this is a bear of a schedule for this team to overcome. And as we'll get into here, the key is gonna be how many games can you pick up early on, on that schedule? Because as tough as it is, they are front loaded on that schedule with home games. So how many of those can you pick up at home? And then just hold on for dear life as the season goes because, look, one more win gets you a bowl game. They were that close this last year, five and seven. You get a bowl game, you keep this thing going and see where it can go from there. That's really the story of the season. How do you get one more win? Okay, Brent, here's the deal. I get the Sean Tucker hype, and it's deserved, and I'm with you on 2,000 yards. I mean, I think he can get there. Uh Schrader just has to be efficient. I mean, and I joked with Roddy Jones a couple of weeks ago about this. We were having a conversation. I said, I don't think Garrett Schrader has to throw for as many yards as Sean Tucker runs for if he completes 60-some percent of his passes. Because Syracuse is going to look at eight-man box the whole year. I mean, until, until Garrett Schrader can complete a pass, Syracuse is going to see eight in the box before every snap. And, and rightly so. He's that good. But – but here's my butt with Syracuse. I think they're pretty good on defense. I think they got a chance on defense to be really good. And if you can run the ball and the quarterback can be efficient, I, I look, I know the schedule's hard. Now, Syracuse and Georgia Tech have the hardest schedules in the ACC. I don't know the metrics on it to prove it yet, but it just feels like it on paper. But defensively, they're not bad, Brent, and they bring back no, some not. names now. I mean, they got a chance, I think, on that side of the ball. Well, let's start right there, Wes. You've got – I'll put Garrett Williams and Deuce Chestnut up against any corner combo in the ACC. They're as good Absolutely. as it gets, right? Right. You got Mikel Jones coming back, who was number one in the ACC in solo tackles last year. Stephon Thompson and Marlo Wax, that's as good of a, a linebacking trio as you're going to get. The question is, who is going to step up up front, right? You lose a Josh Black. You lose a McKinley Williams. There's a lot of – talent there's a lot of young talent ready to step up there so getting pressure on the quarterback is going to be important and when you're talking about look at look i even took notes for you guys look at all these quarterbacks they're playing this year malik cunningham aiden o'connell at purdue brennan armstrong at virginia devin leary of course at nc state if dj ui ungagale steps up this year for clemson jordan travis at florida state sam hartman first team all ecc and all these preview magazines i'm reading right now and then phil Jerkovic comes back for BC. So it's a matter of do you get pressure on the quarterback or do, does uh, Deuce and Garrett Williams kind of hold up the back end there? And your, your comment about Schrader is apt. I mean, look at it this way, guys. His top passing performance last year, 236 yards. The top six right. quarterbacks in the ACC last year averaged 254 yards a game. Now, no one's saying he's got to go out there and sling it like Leary or Hartman or some of these other guys. But what Robert and I and Jason Beck have to do coming over from Virginia, of course, is just get that level up and keep it efficient. As you said, use the passing game to throw teams off because, I mean, like you said, eight 
forget it. Some teams might go nine in the box and be like, all right, Syracuse, throw the ball. We dare you. Brent, I know that uh, we'll make a big deal out of opening week of college football. We're 75 days away from whatever it is. But that first game just feels big mm-hmm. for both teams. It feels big for Scott Satterfield at Louisville because I think they're going to be pretty good too. But, you know, you don't get to be pretty good unless you can get off to a good start. And I feel that kind of the same way with Dino's guys that, hey, you talked about how front-loaded the home schedule is. you got to get off to a good start, get people enthused that, hey, there's something brewing in New York. Let's get a ticket, go to the Dome. That first game, conference game on top of it, just feels a little bit bigger than your normal, typical, hey, we're starting the 22 campaign. That Louisville-Syracuse thing is going to be a big deal for both sides. No question about it. And I love that they're starting that way. I mean, no offense to Ohio, but that just didn't have the same buzz last year. And sometimes you, you kind of slip in that Division One AA team to start the year. This will keep this team juiced and focused and ready. You just said it, 75 days away. I bet you those guys are counting those days away in their head right now. And it's going to keep your defense on your toes. And look, I think a theme of this whole team pack is how much you can condense into a short period of time and come out playing the best football that you can. The difference that Robert and I and Jason Beck make on offense. Remember, they went and got Bob Ligashevsky to take over special teams. Special teams, you know, was a real struggle for Syracuse last year. Andre Schmidt had a year that just is not typical of a Lou Groza award winner. They had a lot of penalties on special teams last year. They shored that up. So I wonder what the approach is. Do you go with the old KISS theory and just keep it simple? to go early and try and get some things, or do you throw Louisville off? I mean, that first game is always intriguing about, you know, do you just come at it and keep it simple, or do you have to come in with a game plan that keeps the other team on their toes? But you said it, that game right out of the chute. Then Syracuse gets UConn, which, you know, Jim Moore Jr. is there now. That's exciting, but that's a team you should beat. Purdue comes into the Dome after that, as we mentioned, with Aiden O'Connell. And then the Virginia rematch Friday night, short week after the Purdue game. Brennan Armstrong comes in against his former coaches. I mean, this team right off the bat is is going to be in it. And the good thing is a lot of those games are at home. But, Pac, it's not just that Louisville game. I think it's those first five or six games. They are shooting out of a cannon uh, right when we go here. And, and let's do it. 75 days. I can't wait. I Forget summer. Let's just get the football season. Come on. All right, Axe, I want to I want to close on this. And this is one of those topics that you've examined as well as anybody I know in that market. We're looking at that schedule, and it's Central New York, and they're going to go to the Dome, and they're going to watch football in early September. And these are really big games. The momentum of this program with that fan base is where going to 2022. And remember, it's the JMA Wireless Dome now. I still have not made that mistake once and not calling it the new place. So I got a perfect score on that so far. Uh, the momentum on this is it's a bowl game. Right, I think most fans want better. They want to see this program kind of crawl up the standings here like they did in 2018 in the Atlantic Division, okay? But they're also realistic. If this team gets to a bowl game, you can kind of, you know, they made that investment in the coaching staff. You can build some momentum here. There's some excitement about some recruits that they brought in. We'll see what the quarterback situation plays out to be. This year is important because while they got a lot of guys back, namely Garrett Williams, Mikel Jones, and Andre Schmidt, all those guys go off to the NFL next year. Sean Tucker will be eligible to go to the NFL next year, and one would imagine he's going to take advantage of that. I think Kuyper's got him as a top five or six running back right now. So it's a combination of take advantage of what you have now, 
but give me a reason to believe going forward. And the one thing you got there, if you're John Wildhack, Dino Babers, and everybody on down, just get to a bowl game, which they've only done once in Babers' tenure. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting All year. Right. Listen, we look forward to seeing you in Charlotte. Always appreciate the insight. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate it as always. All right, Brent Axe, ESPN Syracuse, Syracuse.com, starting our two-a-day campaign with Steve Weissman today. When we come back, the national champion pole vaulter on the women's side. Gabby Leona Louisville makes her return to the Packer and Durham program. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Always appreciate Brent Axe talking a little Syracuse anything. Football, basketball, baseball, doesn't matter. Well, you don't have baseball. He's awesome. Lacrosse. He's awesome. But it's now time to talk to a national champion, Wes. And we're talking Get pole it. vault. We're talking pole vault where it makes no sense how this thing works. Let's bring on Gabby. So it works for Gabriella Leon of Louisville. It works That's just it. fine for Gabby. Gabby, congratulations. <laughs> Welcome back. Hi, thank you. Now, uh, you know, and we talked about this before the show, you know we're your good luck charms. You know that all that hard work, all that exercise, all that weight lifting, getting on ropes upside down, pushing off on stuff, eating well, running all the nutrition, none of that happens without an appearance on Packer and Durham to win the national championship. You know that, Gabriella, don't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, congrats. I mean, I, listen, it's a long year. Uh, you got to be special just to get to Eugene, Oregon. Uh, but going into it, did you get a sense that, hey, you know what? It's my time. Let's go win this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, going into it, I had a pretty good outdoor season. You know, I PR'd. I was over that 15-foot bar two times, um, over a pretty high bar from short approach in a meet. Um, I kind of knew like this was my time. Like if I was going to do it, it was going to be at this meet at this time. So I was really excited going into it and really motivated to jump high and get that win. All right, Gabby, take us through this process of going out there and getting a feel for kind of the the runway, the the stadium itself, the facility at Hayward Field, where I, I know they're doing a lot of construction. I saw cranes as much as I saw competition at times. What did you have to find out about the dynamic of the venue before competition began? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the stadium is just absolutely beautiful. Um, I went there my freshman year before the renovation, uh, the original Hayward Mm -hmm. Field, and then being able to go back this year, my last year as a fifth-year senior, was just so amazing. It was absolutely beautiful. The stands were huge. The environment was great. There was a lot of fans cheering. Uh, So being able to get some practices in before – that stadium was filled was really important to be able to get used to the feeling and the runway. And then, you know, by the time the meet starts, you just kind of blank everything out and you just focus on the meet and compete as hard as you can. All right. I'm going to ask a really stupid question and I'm going to preface it before you look at me and go, this guy's lost his mind. Does wind, <laughs> wind have anything to do with pole vaulting? Like downwind into the wind, does that affect the pole vault? Yes, 100%. Um, The wind at Hayward Field is historically known to be a swirling wind. 
So it's kind of a battle of the mentally strong when you get there. Um, a lot of my jumps at the beginning of the meet were actually into a headwind, which is the worst wind you mm. want. You don't want a headwind, and I was running straight into a headwind my first couple jumps. But like I said, I walked in. I was determined. I wanted, I wanted to get the dub. Like I wanted to win. I wanted to win for my coaches and for Louisville, and so. I was determined. Okay, so so running into the wind. So is, is that because you need so much speed to generate to get to that? I mean, you. I mean, I'm, for me to explain pole vaulting to you is almost embarrassing. So why is the headwind such a problem as opposed to being downwind doing pole vaulting? Yeah. So when the wind's coming back behind you, it pushes you, so it makes you faster. And if you think pole vault's kind of um, a math equation or physics equation, the faster you want run, the better you can jump up, the bigger the pole you can get on, and the higher it can fling you in the air. So when you're running into a headwind, it can slow you down a little bit, and so that means you're on smaller poles and not being able to jump as high sometimes. All right, so what about a crosswind? How does that come into play? Yeah, crosswind's also difficult to deal with because as you're running, it can push your pole the left or to the right and you want it to be straight down the center so when you plant it in the box at the pit you want to be able to have a straight pole drop and sometimes a crosswind can push it to the left or right so that can be difficult to navigate sometimes so before a meet when you go out for practice i mean it's like kind of like a golfer getting ready to hit a shot grass up all right it's crosswind down it really is important what the wind is doing is what you're basically telling me yeah 100 percent, 100 percent yeah, I learned something, Wester. All right. There may be a I chance for me That's yet. That's why we're... Like 80 mile <laughs> no, no, an hour no, downwind, maybe that is what I need yeah. to get in the pole ball business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> downwind Hurricane, for sure. Down 80 miles an hour hurricane. might make... Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Gabby, take me through the mindset in the competition, though. You get started in this, and we know that you know you went 4.6 meters to win the championship. Were you comfortable the whole way? You mentioned experience five years ago in that venue, things of that nature. You'd had a successful year. Were you comfortable the whole time here? I mean, I know you're competing, but was there a sense of confidence? You were pretty pleased with the way things were going? Yeah, um, I would say I was pretty comfortable just because I knew all the preparation that I did starting in August was going to get me to this point. I was extremely confident and super motivated to do well in this meet, you know, it was my last collegiate meet as a Louisville card and I wanted to go out with a bang. You know, my coach put so much time into me, Louisville put so much time into me, my teammates put so much time into me and I really just wanted to get this win and give back to Louisville, the city of Louisville, my coaches, my staff and everything. I just knew it would be my last shot to give back what they put into me these past five years. By the way, when you get the uh, when you get the trophy, uh, when you're flying back, is that thing riding first class with you? I mean, what do they, what do they do with the trophy on your way back to Louisville? <laughs> I put it in my bag. I did not want to check it because you never know if you're going to lose luggage. So I put it right in my book bag. It was sitting in my seat with me, well, I, under the seat. But <laughs> I, let me ask you a question. Uh, and if, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Um, did you fly American Airlines on the way back? Oh, geez, pack, pack. Come on. No, I'm just yeah, curious. on the way back we did. You <laughs> did? On the way there. Thank God. Gabby, you are so smart. I mean, we know that you're incredibly talented. We, we know what you've done with Unity Week when giving back to community is awesome. We know you've done a great job in the classroom. But that move right there might have been the smartest move you made to get the national championship trophy 
Put it in your bag and do not check your luggage on American Airlines and carrying that thing on. That might have been the smartest move you've made in yeah. your entire yeah. Louisville career. Right there. That's impressive. There you go. In the bag. There you I'm go. There it is. It. Yeah. I love it. That's love, it. Love everything about it. Uh, Gabby, I want to I wanna ask you about the, the postscript here. Um, everybody know you said this is your last meet for Louisville. Take us through the decision process now to continue competition because I think people who follow college sports become accustomed to football, basketball, baseball. You know what I mean, right? In track and field, it works a little different. You've got to kind of make a conscientious decision. You've got to find funding to do it. You've got to find financial support to do it. How do, how do you think – what are you going to try and accomplish here and, and kind of what markers have you set out there for yourself? Yeah, so um, this will have been in my last collegiate uh, meet at the NCAA championships, but I do have USAs um, in about two weeks here uh, back in Eugene, Oregon, so I'll be competing in that meet to make the world team, and then there are also maybe mm. some opportunities to compete in Europe after that. Um, I do continue to compete after college and go professional, so there's a lot to sort out with that these next couple weeks, these next couple months to figure out, you know, sponsorships, coaches, all that type of stuff. So it's really exciting, and I'm looking forward to all of it. That's what I wanted to ask you That's was awesome. a sponsorship standpoint. Uh, I know name, image, and likeness has kind of changed, but in some respects it never changes, especially if you're going to go pro. So from a sponsorship standpoint, like w what kind of deals could you expect to get from a pole vaulting perspective? Yeah, so hopefully uh, sign with a clothing brand, shoe brand, you know, get some spikes, training mm -hmm. shoes, some – Training clothes, competition clothes, um, some other thing would be a pole brand. You know, poles are very, very expensive. So hopefully I can get a sponsorship with UCS Spirit is the poles I use. Um, some other things may be some nutritional aspects. I'm very in tune with nutrition, so supplements, uh, things like that. Um, By the way, what, anything, what, really. what is, uh, how, how much does a pole vault, I mean, what does that cost? Well, I mean, if I want to go, if I want to go to oh, Dick's gosh. Sporting Goods and buy a pole to the pole vault, I don't oh wait know a second, I, I don't know where I'd Stop. go for it. So, what is it? What does something <laughs> like that cost, Gabby? I'm just curious. Is that like a thousand dollars? What's that cost? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the pole. Um, my poles probably cost about seven hundred to eight hundred because I'm on smaller poles since I'm a smaller person. But men, like mm. they, theirs can cost like well over a thousand dollars. All right, thousand bucks. I got an idea. I got an idea here. Man. I got an idea, Gabby. Let me tell you this. Mark Packer. Mark Packer is an entrepreneur at heart. Now, he co-hosts this show, and he's got, you know, terrific broadcaster. But it, at his heart, he's an entrepreneur. I think I just found you your first sponsor. Packer and get his name on the side of a pole. You can't, Pack, what do you, think? you can't see anything on a pole. The Wes. Doesn't matter. It's like Doesn't a javelin. You, you're in, in you want to. Yeah, I mean, come on. It'd be yeah, like saying, hey, I got West, Westerm's names on the javelin or on the side of the discus. I mean, you <laughs> can't okay. see no, any no. of that stuff. No, Gabby's going to be a star. That, She's going to no, compete around she, the world. She already what is a star. What better way for you to get worldwide exposure than your name on a pole vault? You, By the way. Look, we're, we're going to start out small. <laughs> Gabby, are we doing any uh, international events in Italy? Do we know? I mean, hopefully at some point. <laughs> come on. Yeah, come on, Pac. Worldwide. That'd be you on the pole vault. I kind of like the, the sound of that. I, I Listen, you have been, you've been so impressive 
at the University of Louisville. Like I said, academically, you've done great stuff. Obviously, we know what you've done yeah. winning the national championship. But Unity Week, when we had you on the show and you talked about giving back to the community and how important that is to you. Um, I, I just want to give you some props because you have really fulfilled the, the perfect student athlete role. You've gotten an education, you've been able to travel the world, you've had great success, you're getting a degree. Uh, you probably look back at this and I know you're excited about what's next from the professional standpoint, but isn't it awesome to look back at what you've done from an academic standpoint and a collegiate standpoint and go, you know what? It's what it's all meant to be, right? I mean, you've done the work and you're getting all the great accolades. I mean, it's kind of, you got to feel good about all of that. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I do. Um, it's like, like I said, it's been a great experience here. I've worked, worked really hard in school and in track. So to be able to get all this reward has just been truly a blessing. Been very joyful. Uh, well, I look forward Gabriella to being with Leon. you. I look forward to being with yep. you in Italy when we're jumping over all kinds of stuff and setting <laughs> records. I'll be there with you. Jeez. All right. Yeah. Sounds great. He'll be yeah, there I'll on see the. You uh, there. Hey, he'll be there with the sponsorship, Gabby. Yeah. We're going to get that done. Pac's going to put a few dollars and put his name on the poll. That'd be awesome. There we'll get we the go. sponsorship for the poll, and then Pac contributes. That's Thanks, it. Gabby. Be well. Safe travels. Congratulations. Be fun to follow you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. When we come back on this Monday, we close this show. Yeah, there's a box. And inside that box is a token of memory lane for Mark Packer from South Florida after Uh this. Uh Uh-oh. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham. Happy for old Gabriella Leon. Cool story. Absolutely. Feel good story. No doubt. Really good. All right. Uh... Tomorrow, two-a-days, by the way, Georgia Tech and Boston College will be featured on two-a-days. Um, all right, I've been doing a little work here while you were gone to Italy. Apparently. Uh, and, yeah. And so you have in your hands a box that contains something I wanted you to have. Okay. Now, while you were gone to Italy, million dollars. Actually... No, no, it's not a million dollars. Just a check um, or While you were gone to Italy... I held this up during an interview with Gabby Sanchez when we were talking about something in South Florida. But when I first saw this, our buddy Cameron Gorby at the University of Miami, I got in touch with him when I saw this shirt. And I thought, I got to get this for Packer. Now it's a shirt. Now I know it's a shirt. Well, it is a shirt. You can open the box. By the way, thanks to my man Todd at the mail pouch in Cartersville for hooking me up on the uh, box and the delivery. All right, so no, come on, really? Let's go. So, uh, by the way, I even put the little handwritten note in there too. Come on, okay, I got, I got full credit. Oh yeah, wait, wait, hand on the pack. I can't read your writing. Okay, go ahead. Never mind. Something for the show. Uh oh. Yeah. Sorry, involved. Okay. I can't, I can't, your, your handwriting's got a lot of work to do. Okay, great. All right, nevertheless. All right, first of all, all right, let me explain. Abel Sanchez is a guy who has started a uh, kind of a Miami Stadium Instagram account where he has developed T-shirts and things like that of great Miami 
venues, sporting venues. And this T-shirt is one of those venues, but it was about the T-shirt. You you tell me all the time how much you love the Orange Bowl and how great the Orange Bowl was, right? Yeah. So when I saw this shirt, I knew you had to have it because the the Orange Bowl feature. What are you doing? You making fun of my writing? Yeah, I want somebody. You know, I've been taking Italian lessons. It's easier than reading this. Okay, pack hold. It says for pack, show. hold for show. Story involved, but knew you'd like this. I think that's what that says. Yeah, that's it. Right. All That's right. it. Story involved, but knew you'd like this. Abel Sanchez, MiamiStadium.BigCartel.com is the site. Look at the guy. It's the Orange Bowl in Miami. But the reason I knew you'd love it is because it's the outside of the Orange Bowl. Remember how you talk about oh, parking yeah. the night you went to the Clemson, yeah. the Clemson game against uh, Nebraska, how you love the Orange Bowl? $10, no block. Yep. That's true. That's go. pretty accurate too, by the way. That's good. The only yeah. problem the, there's only the one roosters. problem with this t-shirt. What? The entire it's family. Too big for you? Yeah, it's too big, brother. But I I like it. I like everything about it. Well, I know you'll wear it at some point cuz you'll wash it and Abel it might shrink a little bit. It's 100% cotton. So there you go. Plus you got OB over here. That's even better. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, see, it's the all the things you like about the Orange Bowl. Yeah, yep. rooster walking down the street. Yeah, I like yep. it. That's a good one. $10, no block. Yep. Abel, thank you. Appreciate Excellent. your help. Pack gets a memento, a I treat like of sort. I like it. like there everything about it. Thanks well, to our job. buddy Cam Gorby for getting me in the direction, too. Yep, job well done there. Excellent. Pre- appreciate the guests today, too. Good right. having uh, the old voice of victory back. Angela on board, Chrissy running the show. All good back in the smart yeah. folks department. That's it. Thanks to Blake James, Steve Wiseman, Brent Axe, Gabriella Leone, national champion pole vaulter and soon to be sponsored by Mark Packer. That's right. And remember, folks. See you tomorrow. Beat LA. <laughs> See you tomorrow at 7. Packer and Durham. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.